Hey, everybody. Welcome to Spiritual Business Spotlight. Today, I have the honor to have Emily Riddout um, joining us again. And I just found out that she is a Hoosier, too, or was a Hoosier a while ago. Um, and so was I. Uh, we both went to IU Bloomington. And so, yay. It's kind of funny. So, hello. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me, Sue. Oh, it's a pleasure. So, um, do you want to explain, like, you do astro yoga and you do astrology based on different, the, the way that the signs um, energetically manifest in the body? Is that right? Or That's totally right. So I'm an astrologer, and so I read astrology and I have a counseling astrology practice. But I specialize in astro yoga, which is the ancient method of combining the physical and energetic aspects of the body with astrology. So for every astrological connotation that's in your chart that aligns with your life, there's also an energetic and physical alignment in your body. So you can actually read the chart in people's bodies and see how it's manifesting. And you can also use your chart to um, either access places in your body or use your body to access places in your chart. For example, if you want your finances or your love life or your family life to go better, you might look at those placements and start to activate the energy within yourself first. Oh, that sounds so awesome. So would you like do, um, would you have somebody take a video of like a 360 and spin around or would you ask them like, um, if they're inflexible or more flexible in certain places, or I'm sorry, I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. So when we get into personal astro yoga sessions, which is what I think you're tapping on, we start by looking at the chart. Okay. And then I tend to ask questions about their body based on that. Like, do you experience discomfort in any of these areas? You know, what's your relationship with this? Because you can have any chart and have a perfectly healthy um, enactment of it, a healthy embodiment, but you could come up with certain tight spots, certain hot spots, certain cold spots, um, and all these different sort of manifestations. So if someone is experiencing symptoms or they want to move a particular energy, I usually start with the chart. Um, but then, yes, I do look at people's bodies and I see perhaps how they're holding themselves, the way the skeletal and muscular structure is sitting. Um, and then sort of together, we we figure out what's, you know, what is the predominant energy at play that we're going to access? And then we we address it. Oh, that's so fascinating. That's really cool. I like the the way you explain that and how that could actually help people to deal with certain things as they're they're coming up in their lives and and move through blockages by through movement so it's like somatic healing taken to another level definitely yeah and you can address actual acute illnesses and you can also address just like you know stagnation in a particular area of life or wanting to be able to set boundaries better, wanting to, you know, have a particular thing go better. That's really cool. So, and then you do like, you do individual sessions where it would be one-on-one -on -one work. And then you do like kind of group sessions where people would, you would choose like a topic or a theme that goes with the element or the, the sign that's, um, you know, the sun sign that's basically in control of the time. I do. Yeah. So I have individual sessions, of course, and then I also have a membership program and there's two tiers The the most affordable tier is is super affordable. And those people get group sessions where they come and we look at perhaps the way the full moon is affecting their charts. And those are called ask me anything sessions. And they're really for people to address a particular topic and also have the opportunity to have their chart glanced at for these particular transits. Um, of course, I also offer teacher trainings where I teach people how to do this for their students. And I offer an astrology academy course too, where people learn to 
navigate their own chart and to ask the actually meaningful questions that perhaps they wouldn't get from an online program, you know, a computer program that just sort of spits out, you know, textbook answers. Oh, that's, yeah, because that's really usually what people need is something that's a little bit more direct to them instead of just, you know, kind of, um, the astro center charts or whatever where it's just really kind of i mean they do go deep into a lot of the different aspects and, and trines and squares and all of that which i'm like going way out of my league there but i love the fact that you teach that as well because that's something i feel like is everything that we do in energy healing and in astrology and and with natural topics like these i feel like um, this wisdom is kind of bubbling up to the surface and we're needing to teach the next generation and ourselves actually how to work more in alignment with this because it does have such an effect on our bodies and our spirits and on the world around us and what's going on. Definitely. And I think if you're able to ask the right questions, which is what I teach my students to do, you're able to actually get the answer you need, right? So your astrology chart is your personal map. It can take you anywhere in life you want to go in radical alignment with yourself. And if you can read the map, you can use it, right? Versus if you um, just have the map, right? If you have an atlas in your car, but you can't read it, it does you no good, right? right. Then you'll always be dependent on Google Maps or whoever to tell you where to go. Um, but if you can direct yourself, suddenly the world and the landscape of life gets so much richer because you have this sort of radical responsibility to choose what you want, right? Do you want your relationships to go well? Do you want your career to be a certain way? Do you want you know, your general day-to-day -day life to be fulfilling? Um, do you want to be yourself? Do you want to be honest, right? All of these things you, you then get to choose from a space of much more empowerment, I think. I love that. I love that because also, you know, as a professional reader too, um, I feel like handing people power over their own lives and letting them make decisions and, and having them feel into their own intuition and learning how to ask those questions and learning how to find those answers within themselves. That empowerment is profound. It's really, and it is a big responsibility to take responsibility for your own life. You know, it is a big thing, but with all of those tools, it makes it kind of easier because then once you get those, you know, kind of, um, the sprockets in place and you start like moving forward with that, energy of feeling better and of having better alignment and really understanding what your motivations are, then it shifts the, the feeling of everything in the world around you and how your life manifests. It makes it more pleasant. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, like 90% of the time when I'm in sessions with people, that's what we're doing, right? Is we're asking these questions. Okay, here's the energetic placements. Here's the ways that this could go well. Here's the ways that this could go poorly, right? Do you see areas in your life, like you probably have examples, right, when you're looking at your chart of this particular energetic structure going well and going poorly, right? Because most of us are skillful in some moments and unskillful in others. And so once you see that in your chart and you realize, you have the choice to flip into the higher timeline, right? You have the choice to take yourself on the journey of empowerment. That's, I think that's so powerful. And so any, any person who does holistic work, any person who does astrology or tarot reading or, you know, counseling in these areas, um, if someone's ever looking for a person, I think one of the biggest things to ask your reader the biggest things to ask your astrologer, your tarot reader, whoever is, you know, is this going to be empowering or are you just going to tell me what to do? Right. Sometimes we want someone to tell us what to do. So some of those um, people, you know, do well in their in their practices. But it's so much more empowering when you say like, OK, well, here's an option of what you could do. But, you know, there's a 
a wide energetic swath. And these are the things you could do to be in alignment. And that puts the person in the driver's seat, which is the only person who has any business being in the driver's seat of your life is you, right? Totally. Amen to that. Because I wish more people were looking and perhaps I'm, I've just been um, in with an audience, but a lot of times when I'm doing hotline readings and stuff like that, it's always the people who want to hear a specific thing or a lot of them do. And so you get put in that place where it's just like, make the decision for me. And then I can blame you with if and when things go bad, you know, and so putting the power into their own hands, I think that's magnificent. And that's also the way I prefer to read for other people and really, you know, encourage them to use their own intuition as they move forward as well. So totally. And that's what, you know, astrology is and tarot too, right? Is it's the language of symbols and it's mm -hmm. depiction of the energetic layout of the moment. And when you are in radical alignment with understanding what that layout is, right? We always say in yoga, you know, yoga begins with the radical acknowledgement of what is, right? You cannot move forward in any <laughs> circumstance if you do not radically acknowledge where you begin from. Um, and sometimes people want to skip that step because we're like, well, I have a beautiful vision of how things could be <laughs> or should be or whatever, right? And And it's like, well, okay, but how they are is actually a much more nuanced landscape. And the more you can acknowledge all of that nuance, the more you can use your powers, which are substantial, right? Human beings for the large part are not even aware of most of their powers. Um, so they can use their powers to actually create the thing you want, right? Uh, so the crucial step is first, you know, what is it? And so, yeah, you can read that in the tarot cards. You can read that in the astrology chart. You can observe it in your mundane reality too. And then you can, you can create as you see fit. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And speaking of creating, because one of the things that we were going to talk about is 2022. And I do feel like there has been a lot of manifestation work um, to get us to this point. I mean, seriously, I can literally talk to the air and basically have it play any song that I want to in the entire world. And, you know, that's on the light side of the manifestation and, and the, the technical advances that we've, you know, somebody envisioned these things and then they set to work to make these things a reality. Mm -hmm. So, and I feel like we're in a shift, a big shift in um, the way the world runs right now. Are you seeing that in like, do you throw like, is there like an, and, and this might sound like a stupid question, but there's probably like an earth chart, right? <laughs> that, or it's dependent on your physical location on the earth as to what the energy is going through or... So the current energies are the energies of the transits, right? Okay. That we're all experiencing. And there are charts for different places and entities on earth. So for example, the United States of America has an astrology chart. Um, the earth itself is very, very old. I don't know that anyone has like an earth birth chart, but <laughs> certainly as far as everybody's experience on earth goes, our experiences are tied directly to the current transits for everybody. And so, yes, to answer your question, yes, there are huge shifts going on. These huge shifts um, started well, when did they start, right? Some people say it was in the Great Awakening in 1987. You know, there's sort of a, a swath of when people think these shifts shifts started. But very clearly in 2020, there was a huge moment of shift. There has been an ongoing series of transits since then, which have indicated major shifts for the entire planet. And we are going to see that continuing into 2022. And just to comment on the thing you said about how amazing that so many things are being advanced, how, how amazing that so many things have come to fruition, um, you're tapping on a central theme 
of esoteric wisdom from the Zodiac, which is present right now in Sagittarius season, which is the law of nature that whatever you focus on, whatever you see clearly teaches you its secrets. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so we see this in the people who invent, you know, radio waves or, you know, I don't know what they're inventing now. It's very complicated, right? But the people who looked very clearly at those things, understood their physical properties, understood their energetic properties, and then were able to invent things that previously people would have only imagined, right? And so you also, in whatever area you're curious about, right? Whatever area of life you're curious about, it doesn't have to be a a technical invention. If you see clearly what it consists of, you're going to be able to create something from that because its secrets will be revealed to you. And once you know its secrets, you can manipulate it, right? Um, Which is basically what we do with the astrology chart all day. When you know how to read it, you can manipulate the energy there for your benefit. You can be like, oh, this place where I'm stuck, I don't want to be stuck. So I'm manipulating myself out of being stuck, right? I'm maybe manipulate isn't the right word, but in some way exerting my will. So. But, you know, I mean, every word has like its its little charge, as we know, you know, and, and especially when you get into switch words and, and, and understanding the power of words. But um, a manipulate might be the best word because manipulate totally implies that you are exerting your will on, you know, and using your own force to shift or transfer something and manipulate, even though sometimes it's been used negatively, I manipulate things in, in positive ways and beneficial ways as well. So, um, that's true. And the root of manipulate is mon, right. Um, and, that root word, you know, has origins in Sanskrit, is the root word for manas, which means the mind. It's the root word for humans, right? Human um, mm-hmm. also. And it's also the root word for hands um, in Spanish, you know, manos maybe. Um, and so all of these things have have a connotation with the act of being human, creating from our minds and creating from our hands. And that is how you can manipulate something if you want to see change, is you start with the vision in your mind and then you do something about it, right? Symbolized by the hands. Um, you, you know, you may or may not use your hands in the doing of it, but you probably will. We use our hands most of the time, even to pick up your cell phone to call the person right? To speak your, your truth or whatever. So, so you're right. Yeah. There's, there's some benefit, I think, to that word. And there's so much when we look at linguistics that these words can teach. So like, how do you manipulate something? Well, you have to be a human using your mind and your actions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. So do you see Anything like have you looked at the chart for 2022 and do you can you tell us kind of some some good time? Hopefully there's going to be some good times because I know that that a lot of people right now. There's just so much uh, insecurity at the moment. You know, we were talking about that before we came on just, you know, the different ways that that lockdowns and, and rules and regulations are affecting different places. Um and I think, well, I'll let you speak of it because you're the one who knows all of the, the planetary transits and, and um, alignments that are making things kind of happen right now. So I will give the floor to you. Totally. So let's start with what you just addressed, right? Which is the, the lockdown situation on earth, the experience of of 2021, um, this might be seen as one of the hallmarks of it, right? As mm-hmm. a general societal um, feeling of tightness and feeling of chaos. And there are two, there are a couple of transits that are are causing this sort of experience. And 
This one will continue into 2022, but we're going to see a break from it eventually because some, some good energy is coming in too. So one of the hallmarks of 2021, which will continue to be a hallmark of 2022, is something called a Saturn-Uranus square. Okay. And Saturn has been an Aquarius. Saturn rules restriction, boundaries, authority, in some ways, the patriarchy or the hegemonic structure of society, right? This sort of power structures that be, okay? And with it in Aquarius, there's an element of innovation there. And so we see like crackdowns happening and really coming from a digital sphere, such that it couldn't have happened before, right? These uh, sort of lockdowns, these things, they wouldn't have happened if it weren't for the advent of mass media, um, cell phone use, all of these things that sort of track people. But people are beginning to feel that they're, they are perhaps being restricted by some of these things that previously were thought of as simple innovation, okay? Now this is squaring with Uranus and Taurus. Taurus rules the earth, okay? Taurus rules things that you utilize, the richness of the earth, the beauty of the earth, the environment, right? In some ways, our bodies and our health, okay? And with Uranus and Taurus, Uranus represents surprise and the ultimate freedom, right? When you break down all rules and you have sort of this moment where you're like, wow, I could do anything, I could be anything, the possibilities are endless. Now, people are scared of both of these energies and they're a bit inimical to each other. And even in mythology, Uranus and Kronos, who is Saturn, are father and son, and they have an inimical relationship where in true mythological style, you know, one of them eats the other, the other one slices out of his belly and emerges victorious, you know, so they're in, they're in this sort of battle. And when they're square, they're also in that battle. And so we see a lot of the conflicts coming out, regardless of your opinion on them, as being between authority and freedom. Mm -hmm. the, the ability to do what you want versus someone telling you what to do, right? And, and people differ, I think, if we're looking globally on what, what they personally are favoring. Um, and yet that is, that is a conflict that we are seeing. And we're seeing it in multiple ways. You know, you gave the example of the lockdowns, but there are other circumstances. Certainly we are seeing this in, including um, environmental issues, including um, financial realm things, um, and and certainly people are experiencing this in their personal lives as well. So uh, the the micro authorities versus the micro freedoms that we seek. So so that's an ongoing conversation which will continue, and you'll see I think people getting um, more staunch in where they personally stand. And I want to express another transit that's going on, and then we'll get into the like very fun, hopeful, wonderful energies that are coming in to help us. So, and all of this, by the way, these sometimes people view these as like, oh, why is this happening? It's not fun, right? And of course it's not fun, but what's happening is these conflicts are coming up so we can resolve them. Right. right? Instead oh, yeah. of sitting here like status quo, you know, it's not that great, but we're ignoring it. Now it's like, okay, we can't ignore it. So how are we going to make a world for all of us? And if I were to ask people a central question for the coming year, if you're looking at a global scale, I would say, how do you want the world to be for everybody, right? what are the things you value? And the more people can articulate that and um, see every single other human being, regardless of their stance on an issue or something, as being their brother or their sister or their sibling, right, in, in humanity, the more we're going to be able to actually resolve this instead of, you know, teaming up in our small factions and being like, those people are wrong, right? 
right? Which, um, which has been the hallmark, by the way, of, of this lunar node shift that's about to happen. So we've been in South Node in Sagittarius, North Node in Gemini over the past 18 months. And when that happens, we see people um, wanting to move really fully into their relative truth. Right? These are the opinions that you have, which might not be based in the fullness of reality. They're your opinions because of you know, what's been going on locally, sort of the people you know. And a lot of us in the last, a lot of us, all of us, I would say, in the last 18 months have been trying to paint our relative truths as the ultimate truth because that's the way the energy has been going. So we've all just been sort of trying to cling to our piece of the puzzle. Um, whereas what, what we want to do is to draw in our experiential knowledge, which is Sagittarius, right? How we, what we know to be true because we've lived it and have meaningful conversations with others, right? And so the lunar nodes are about to shift into Scorpio and Taurus. Okay. So South node in Taurus, North node in Scorpio. And this is a powerful shift. Okay, because the last 18-month cycle was about ideas, right? How can I prove I'm right, <laughs> right, might have been the, the question. Or just thinking you're right and allowing everybody else to have their opinion. Like a lot of people, um, and you see this, I think, in media production too, is people sort of cater toward what they already believe. There's a strong confirmation bias, even social media algorithms Make it so you see the posts of people you agree with a little more than the posts of people perhaps you don't agree with on any on any topic, right? And so as this shifts into the Taurus-Scorpio axis, we're going to see a bit more grounding in who we are, right? So in this time period before this of sort of reckoning with our ideas, right? Who am I? What do I know? What do I think about this and that, right? All these new situations in the last 18 months. What do you think about it, right? What are your ideas? Um, now we're moving into the stance where we know something in our body, right? Where our truths are going to come from a much more grounded, practical, experiential standpoint. And energetically, we're moving to the space of Scorpio, which is the space in the Zodiac that terrifies most people because it is power for power itself. Okay. So Scorpio is the energy of the pure power of the body, the pure power of the intuition, the pure power of the emotions, right? Which can be directed any way you choose, right? Now that terrifies a lot of people because they're like, well, if I have a ton of power, am I going to use it for good or evil? right? That's the question. Um, but with Scorpio energy, what we realize is the power was never with someone else all along. It was always inside of you. Mm. And so this next transit, we're going to see people sort of waking up to their own ability to be the authority, to their own ability to trust their inner authority, right? To their own ability to to know that they have immense power, that, you know, the world is not just a couple, you know, special people, the Nelson Mandela's, the Gandhi's and the Mother Teresa's of the world, but that, you know, they woke up to their power and that you can do the same. Okay. So that's going to be a big hallmark of this. And my hope, so I'm sort of describing the highest instance of it, right? Yeah. Is yeah. You know, and the highest instance of the last one was to recognize, you know, each of us knows so little in the grand scheme of things, but that our own inner knowing, going inside, trusting our experiences, trusting our reality is going to guide us truly on the path of awakening, right? And now this one, it's realizing like you have this power. So what are you, right? And the next question will be, so what are you going to do about it, <laughs> right? Um, which is its own wonderful um, thing. So, so that's happening. And then really the hallmark of this year, though, 
is Jupiter is heading into Pisces right before the new year this year. So in a couple weeks, Jupiter's hitting Pisces. Now, this means that both Jupiter and Neptune will be in Pisces, which is significant because Jupiter and Neptune both rule Pisces. Jupiter is the ancient ruler. Neptune is the modern ruler of Pisces. Pisces rules the complete release of control into the mystical state. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) So this is a big deal, right? Um, Pisces is is an energy that for the last 2,000 years, humanity has grappled with, often poorly, right? We see like it doesn't take much to look back to the Middle Ages and say, okay, those crusades all about, you know, using religion, which is a Pisces encoded thing to subjugate people in different areas and to use it as a mechanism of political control, right? Which is sort of the hallmark of the crusades um, and stuff, right? It not, not great, right? And, and so people had sort of a complicated relationship for the last 2000 years with this energy. And now as we're in this Aquarian age, um, a big piece of it is recognizing the value of a direct, the direct relationship that we all have with spirit and how we can um, be with that, right? Um, In yoga, one of the things we talk about a lot Well, actually, people today don't talk about it a lot. Even in teacher trainings, you do. People will skim over this piece of the yoga sutras, even though if you study with particular teachers, they'll tell you this is one of the most important pieces and it's hidden in here and you need to do it, right? Is And it's translated, it's Ishvara Pranidhana, which means surrender to, to Lord or God, right? And people don't like that. They're like, surrender? to God, right? It's um, some people have a, a connotation with that, but really that is the energy of Pisces and you don't have to call it God and you don't have to call it surrender if you don't like that turn of phrase, but there is a letting go of what you want, which people will teach you if you want to manifest something too, like dream it and then let it go and trust, right? And so this is an element of of trust and of releasing our micromanaging control, which is an illusion, right? I'll be safe if I can just control the people around me. I'll be safe if I can just convince everybody around me to agree with me on my thing, right? That's that's the illusion of control. Um, you know, even I'll be safe if I, you know, wash my hands 30 times, like, well, Nothing is guaranteed. You can take precautions. You can do the pieces that you can do. But at the end of the day, you have to go to sleep and let it go, right? You have to let go. And so um, the Pisces energy is going to be very strong this year. And the benefit of Pisces energy is trust in our fellow human beings. You know, trust that someone might not agree with you in your particular opinion on something. Someone might not have chosen to walk the same path that you walk in life, right? Whether they don't understand tarot cards or they're, you know, a different belief system or political, it doesn't matter, right? They're, they're on a different path. They're walking in different shoes. They've had different experiences. But to see everybody around you as being, you know, different self, same same experience of being human. And so there's a moment in April when Jupiter and Pisces are going to conjunct. And this is a moment of potentiality for spiritual awakening for many, many people on the planet, waking up to not just the sort of idea or belief that manifestation is possible, on some level, everything's fine. You know, we're all one being, you know, this sort of like intellectual ideas that we just hashtag on Instagram, but actually experientially waking up and being like, wow, I I understand that that's true. And I now have some degree of mastery over this, 
Does this make sense? Where it's like, okay, we sort of know like, oh yeah, it's cool. Like sometimes I think of someone and they call, right? But when you have the conscious ability to do that or predict it with regularity, like that is, that is sort of the energy I'm talking about. Now, this could also come with big deal consequences for the whole world too, right? So that's sort of an individual thing that that can happen. It's not going to happen for all people, right? But it, it's likely to happen to many people. Um, but there's there's also potentiality for extremes, especially uh-huh. in how we deal with water and the sea. So you mm-hmm. might actually see like, like, you know, like floods, sort of a lot of water things happening, um, perhaps some big waves going on. So, so there could be some, some larger events because the oceans do like to get involved when Pisces and Neptune and Jupiter get together. Um, so those are, those are big deals. And I'm trying to think if there's something else. Oh, the Mercury retrograde cycles are also all happening between air and earth signs. So there's going to be a mental acuity that if we reflect properly can show up and help us to figure out what we actually want to do practically. Okay. So these problems are popping up around us. And one of the things that we're being asked collectively is to you know, not just talk about what we're going to do or, and certainly to not just talk about the problem, right? A lot of people have gotten really addicted to being like, okay, here's what I see as the problem, right? Once you've identified the problem, no need to talk about it anymore. (laughs) These Mercury retrogrades are saying, what are you going to do? Right? Like, okay, you see this as a problem, you're in charge of the small kingdom that surrounds you, right? Your house, your family, your yourself, right? Your neighbors. What are you going to do with the radical acknowledgement of what is to solve this problem in your mini kingdom or queendom, right? What are you going to, what are you going to do? And so that's popping up. And so this year, I really see it as a moment when we can all take a practical action, right? Plant a garden, darn your socks, right? Um, Help your neighbor out, these sorts of things. And when people, because right now there's a big focus on, on the global and a release on the personal. And so the more we turn this into okay, the whole world is doing whatever the whole world is doing. I see it. I acknowledge it. But I'm doing, right, this or that. Um, mm-hmm. Then then things are going to go really well for people during those retrograde cycles. Um, I know you're not in the U.S. right now, but the U.S. is also in in, in for quite a year with their chart. Um, they're having a Neptune opposition and a Pluto return. And so they're going to be a big, a big topic for maybe for the whole world, but certainly um, people in the U.S. are in for some, some shifts as well, um, which doesn't take much to predict because it's already, it's already happening. Okay, I'm all like, you can elaborate as much as you want on that one. I'm all like, should I get the tiny house in my backyard for my mom? <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, you know, um, it's so America's been involved in its Pluto return for the last, you know, it started to be an orb around 2020 was when, you know, a lot of things happened in 2020. Um, and so the U.S., you know, particularly with the Pluto return, this is its first Pluto return. Um, Pluto returns often typify the fall of empires, actually, because many empires last 
um, about the length of a Pluto cycle. Um, however, that, that's not necessarily what's happening with the US, but what is happening is the shadow aspects of America, right? The, the shady things in history that have happened, which are myriad, right? There are a lot in a giant country um, with a lot of power, right? It's, it's done a number of things that are reprehensible. And, you know, for whatever benefit people get from being present, they have to look at now the shadow aspects popping up. So you're going to be seeing like a big reckoning. Um, we see this in social justice issues a lot right now. Um, there's a lot of conversation about reparations um, with native people, with people who have ancestors who might have been enslaved, right, in those periods of history. Also, um, the shadow aspects of, of what it means to be a financial and a war power, right? So what are the shady things the U.S. has done with money, right, from throughout its history, right? Like the way that they originally envisioned the financial structure of the United States is certainly very far away from what the financial structure of the United States is now, right? Everything from switching off the gold standard years and years and years ago to printing more money, to having a deficit, to the way that they do taxes. Like actually um, before World War II, it was illegal to have income tax, right? So a lot shifted. And, and a lot of us don't realize, right, because we were born not 200 years ago, and we don't see the ways it's shifted. But if you do read on the history of the financial, you know, institution, you see, you see a lot of shady shifting. And, you know, for better or worse, I won't comment on how people run the financial system, because that is not my expertise. <laughs> um, and likewise, in the war structure, right, like, most of us, I think, inherently know violence is bad. And yet violence has been a central tool of the United States, either the threat of violence or the use of violence, right? And so um, these are the sorts of areas, these very practical, right? Money, people, how did we treat people? Um, and violence, how did we enact violence? I'm saying we, because I'm an American, but I didn't personally do these things, right? So um, so it's sort of weird because it's an entity, right? And so people are upset about these things, perhaps. People want to change these things. They say, this system doesn't seem to be working, or this system doesn't seem to be working, but there's no one to actually pin it on, right? Um, which is a hallmark of the Aquarian age, too, is it's like the time of blaming the leader is gone. Right. The time of shifting things from the radical acknowledgement of what is, is now. So we can't change the past, but we can hopefully see it. And that's the shadow aspect. And then, you know, which can be horrifying, I think, when we realize, oh my gosh, you know, I really wanted to think well of this person, that person, this person from history, but now I'm not feeling so great about everything they did. And they were actually a very complicated individual. And um, maybe we deified them or villainized them in a history book. But um, but now we sort of can, from that acknowledgement of reality, right, where no one was a saint and no one was a evil villain necessarily, they were just sort of people in a weird time just like us, really. Um, how do we, how do we, you know, totally admonish the bad things they did while taking the bits of America, you know, that we do like, right? Like, how do we, how do we now move forward without, you know, totally dismantling everything from the core and gutting it and then you know trying to rebuild from the bottom or for like the um just the upset that would be caused by the shifts in some ways so what you're saying is that there will be an energy that 
will encourage change and movement and reckoning with these systems, but we have to find a way to repair or redo them without completely wiping out everything in, in society, quote unquote, in order to, to move forward. Is that perhaps? Right. So how do you solve issues of, you know, histories of racism, right? Histories of violence, histories of groups of people being marginalized, abused, right? How do you reconcile the ways that finances have shifted and where we are now, right? How do we sort of socially, institutionally, all of these ways, how do we like say very clearly like, okay, that was 100% wrong, right? This thing over here, the racism, the bad things that happened. This was wrong. Um, gosh. And this is what I think the right answer to ask is, if you ask me, is what do we do now to make sure that never happens again, right? And it's hard, right? Because if you want to maintain life, you can't ever 100% guarantee anything because a human being, there's no way to know what a, a human being has in their heart and what they will do, right? And so as long as there are people living, we can't 100% guarantee anything. But we can say, you know what, we're going to shift our cultural norms to make sure it's honoring these things, it's recognizing that history, and it's pulling in a much more equitable way of moving forward, right? And so people are sort of in the conversation of how to do that. And they're much more intelligent, plugged in people than me having that conversation, right? But um, that's happening. And then same thing, I think, with other systems, like how do we say, you know, fin financial, okay, these things did happen, right? But how do we, you know, how do we move forward, knowing what we know now? How do we shape the future? And so, you know, right now in this part of the Pluto return, I think people are just now coming to terms with the reality of what happened, right? Like 2020 was a lot of people really pointing out like, hey, there are big, big issues, right? And now people are, I think, more aware like, okay, there are big issues and we want to address them and how. And so I think the next step in this is uh, everybody in all of these issues asking ourselves, what do we want the future to look like? Like imagine all of the babies in the world right now coming out totally innocent, perfect little souls. What do we want for them, right? right. And how can we make it the very best we can for them? Um, and that's, you know, that's America's just having that, having that Pluto return moment. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's the nature of it. It's just tricky because there's no one, we like to have one person to blame in a way. I think that's why certain presidents have been very popular or unpopular in the past is where like, finally a guy to blame. Right. And right. we we're moving past that point, I think, where we're recognizing like any one person, they might be the face of the operation, but they're not. They're not holding the power. And here's this North Node in Scorpio. You are holding the power. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so 2022 is going to be a a year where we can really open ourselves to the best in ourselves and create a possibility for a good future, or we can release ourselves into disempowerment Ooh. and use our power poorly, right, to create not the future. And here's the cool thing is like, yes, collectively we're doing this and it's better, but the way that we shift it toward the good is every single individual takes the radical self-responsibility to no matter what, create the best world they can. So 
so that's my thought. And I really do think, because I talk to a lot of people and I see things going on. And even though, you know, media has a negativity bias too, they're all like, here's the bad news. All it takes is to turn on the news. They should really call it bad news. Someone should make it right. Because there's really much more good news than bad news in the world in any moment. And so much is going right with every single person who's alive right now. And um, people's hearts are in the right place. And so I really think if people train themselves to create the best world possible for themselves, right? Start with you because that's the only thing you ever can control and um, that this is going to go well even if the news says it isn't, which it's sometimes, sometimes the news, you know. Right. It'll always say it's not going right. Oh, exactly. And it's interesting though, to see how social media and, and having this, it's, it's been a mixed bag because we can share and there's so much more understanding and so much less almost shame in certain things because we are seeing that other people are having the same experiences that we're having and there's no need to hide or feel bad about what we're experiencing. But going back to what you were saying and the sun on you, like the, can you see that lighting? It's just amazing. I'm just like, oh, look at that. Um, the sun showed up for the astrology podcast. Exactly. Hey, 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 you got a fan, a big fan there. That's um, true. Yes. So, the whole thing from start to finish every day in our lives we have a responsibility to take radical responsibility and acceptance for where we're at and the things that we create and in the coming year between scorpio being this power and being this mystical transformational energy that it is and taurus being this grounded earthy um so we is do these dynamics work together to take the Scorpio and the Taurus, mix them together so that you get the grounded aspects of the am I am I sure. okay? No, you're totally right. So Taurus is really that energy of like imagine a garden, right? Taurus is the energy of the garden in the fullness of spring, full bloom, that perfect flower right? You see the perfect flower. You're like, wow, what a perfect flower. Um, that's Taurus energy. And so with the South Node in Taurus, the expectation that people might have and the mistake that we might make is thinking that our power isn't power because it's not in the final blossoming result of what we wanted to use that power for, right? Like literally um, in the body, Scorpio rules the sexual organs. And mm -hmm. this is the potentiality um, to create anything. But literally, that's how you create a child, another human in the fractal universe, right? Mm -hmm. Which would then emerge after Taurus season by about three months, right? And so we 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 see a baby and we're like wow there's the baby should already be there when the potentiality is really the thing we're working with is this making sense so scorpio is more like the seed and taurus is the flower so something we'll do perhaps in this time is think oh because the seed i contain the spark of power i contain that i want to use toward this end isn't there in the finished result yet that it has no power, that it has no potency. When really the fact of the potency, right? The fact of the seed is the thing that gives you even more power because there's possibility there. Right. Now that terrifies people, right? Because it's like, okay, well, I could create a baby. Am I going to birth a Mussolini or a, you know, or a Mother Teresa? Well, we don't, we don't know. Right. Um, it could probably neither, right? It's probably going to be a regular sort of person, but but we sort of fear that, right? And this doesn't have to be for a literal human. This is anything you want to birth, anything you want to create. You know, am I going to create 
what I want or are things going to get all messed up is the question. And so sometimes we will, we'll mistake on this sort of trajectory that the seed doesn't have the power when the seed actually has more power. Yeah, like in nutrition, it, it, it totally makes sense when you put all the factors together and you think about the seeds and the potential and, you know, and even the magician card in, in tarot um, being the, the, the heavens and earth, you know, meeting and that, that, you know, I always um, liken it to the moment of conception um, because the fool is the moment before conception and the, and the magician is the moment of conception and all that potential and the energy that it takes to create something is oftentimes more powerful than any other time in, in whatever is created's life. Absolutely. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah. So I love the magician card, right? Because that, and that's Mercury, right? So the magician's going to come into play during Mercury retrogrades and things like that. But the magician represents our self-conscious ability to say, this is what I want to create. And that's mm -hmm. going to be a central step that people can take. Like, what do you actually want? You have to decide, right? And so the decision moment, we salute the heavens, we call it down to the earth, and we dedicate ourselves to using our four powers, right? The power of earth, the power of water, the power of air, and the power of fire. And then we actually see these seeds come into potency, right? We see these seeds move forward because then we get the high priestess, which represents the untouched element of subconscious, right? Just all of the powers that are sitting there waiting to be used. And then when two plus one come together, we get three. And then we see the pregnant empress, which is the combination of the magician and the high priestess, where the seed has begun to germinate and the things we are waiting to manifest come into our power. So there's a really uh, beautiful resonance with the tarot there. Of course, you know, Scorpio in the in the tarot is is the death card, which represents the potentiality of using that energy to create and release, create and release. Right. And then um, what was the next thing I was going to say? I've lost it. <laughs> Whatever I was going to say next, it's gone. Um, so there's there's a lot there's a lot of richness I think in those cards with the symbolism um, and and a lot of hope, right? Um, Definitely. Now, do you factor in the number six in the 2022 energy, or do you think that that's something like completely? Uh, disengaged or is that something that you don't really think about when you're I do I okay. do think about that um, and I also look at the one one date so that that uh, would be um, that would be eight also so there's a six that's at play and there's an eight that's at play and of course six does tie into that because we get the lovers as the sixth card, right? And so again, we're looking at your potential to choose. Uh, yeah, yeah. To make a choice. And and we're looking at a key. When you look at the lover's card, there's three beings, right? There's the angel, there's the woman naked looking up at the angel, and there's the man naked looking at the woman, right? And when you see that card, of course, it's all an aspect of you. There's your self-conscious self represented by the man, right? Looking to your subconscious, which is the woman. So looking at the powers and it's through your subconscious, your in intuition, your access to the Akasha, all of these things that keep your body alive, manifest things for you, all of these powers that are at your control um, and yet are so elusive to so many people, right? Um, those those are your powers that are looking up at your higher self, calling in the good things. And so we're, we're there and we have a choice in what we ask our self-conscious aspect to do. 
What are we going to ask for of our subconscious? What are we going to request? Um, and so it's our subconscious, right? Which is the high priestess who calls in what, what we want. And so make sure you're asking for something good for yourself, right? Don't, don't be stingy when you can have anything you want. Um, and everybody else can too. So you getting your good thing doesn't stop anybody else from having their good thing. Um, and just imagine, I think the most powerful thing people can do is imagine the best world they can. And not like on a large scale, this is how I would structure the political system. You know, we all love to do that too. Like in my world, things would go this way. But like literally, what do you want what do you want on your kitchen table in your perfect world? Um, what do you want as far as what you do in the afternoon? Who do you want to spend some time with, right? These are the sorts of questions we can ask ourselves to start manifesting a world we'd like quickly. I love that because that's advice that I've been giving since this started, like instead of focusing on what is going wrong and everything, focus on the the future you want to create for yourself and the way that you want to spend your time. And I think that's been a real eye opener for people too, is just really kind of um, being forced to more thoroughly evaluate their priorities and how they're spending their time. At least a lot of people are. And and being in that bubble of, you know, of potential and possibility, and, you know, kind of um, perhaps not having uh, people, I always forget this forestall, um, good examples on which to, you know, kind of call upon to create these new lives for themselves, moment by moment, like you said, detail by detail. So, yeah. Yeah, like it can be simple. Like, do you want to spend more time with your dog, right? Do you want flowers in your home? Like these simple things that anyone can do for themselves. Um, and they, you know, they don't have to be silly examples too. You might say, you know what? I really want to start taking care of my, my health in a more empowered way. Right. And so you just think, what's well, one small thing I can do? Hmm. You know, oh, I could drink filtered water every, like a little more, like that's such a silly example, but there are, no, these, it's not. These perfect worlds are made. They say the devil's in the details, but it's like, the details are what's going to make it for you. So don't be afraid, even if you have a big dream, to take the first small step, right? Because they it is a domino effect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what we were talking about earlier. It's just that, you know, once you understand these little shifts that you make and what the impact they have and how that reverberates throughout your life, then it's just like, oh, well, if I drink water and eat more fruits and vegetables, like one serving every day, I feel so much better. Or if I put my phone down and take a walk in the sunshine every day, then I feel a little better. So it really becomes these small things and these daily habits. And it's not just about journaling about it and imagining it or whatever. It's totally about... Um, it's totally about understanding that you have the power to create these little subtle shifts. And then from there, you know, it, it is a combination like, like the, like the magician card. It is like the, the end, the essence of putting all that stuff together. Sorry. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> no, you're totally, you're totally on it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. It's, it's, and if you think about anything that's gone radically right for you in your life, chances are you remember taking the first tiny step. Mm -hmm. yeah. I certainly do. And you know, the, the things that go well. Right. And so you can, you can translate that to anything 
that you would like to go well in the future, um, another area or whatever. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. So people can find you on, I have your email, ad, or not your email address, I have your, um, so at emilyridout.com and there they can access your membership and also be able to book a one-on-one -on -one session with you. Is that, is that right? Yes, definitely. So I have the memberships up there. Um, Astrology Academy is a signature course I do that teaches you to read your own birth chart and that's happening starting in January. So if anyone's interested in that, um, that's popping up soon. And then, yeah, I have individual sessions and you can also get free resources there too. Um, I send out a free weekly Astro Yoga forecast and you can get a free ebook Astro Yoga for your sun sign. That'll just teach you some basics about your Zodiac sign and its association with chakras and the body parts. Okay, cool. And you do a lot of really interesting and informative reels on Instagram as well. And sometimes I share those through Spiritual Business Spotlight too. So I, I kind of copy it off of you and boost it out to my people as well. So um, if they want to follow you, wait, oh, I put the wrong address up there. I'm sorry. Hang on. Your Instagram is, they would do the at sign. So it would be like this, at Emily underscore readout underscore astro yoga that's right yeah and if you just google astro yoga you'll find me too so if someone okay. sees this and they're like what was her name just google astro yoga and i'll pop up okay um, cool. because of the magic of the internet yes it's wonderful somebody envisioned this and now we have it <laughs> and it it's kind of, I'm all like, and it goes with the theme because it was initially a war thing. And now it's a thing that just has become a beautiful and scary thing all at the same time. So we got to take it back. But you always have such fascinating conversations and talk about such wonderful and insightful things. And I am really grateful that you reached out to me and came on my show again. I really appreciate your time and your wisdom. I so appreciate you having me on. And yeah, you're just a delight, Sue. And I think you're doing wonderful work. And the world needs more people versed in tarot. So yeah. Tarot, astrology, energy healing, the, the effects of the, your personal energy and how you use it in your own life and in the spaces that you visit as well. So that is, yeah, that's where my mission is. And so, and fabulous, interesting conversations and learning from people like you. So I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sue. It's so fun to see you and chat. Definitely. And we will see, oh, Divya came on and she said, wonderful and grateful conversation. So thank you, Divya. Thank you, Divya. Thank Love you. it. Good to meet you. Yes. And so thank you, everybody. We will see you next time. I have another um, interview coming up next week, but I will share the um, all the details with you soon. Take care. Have a fabulous day. Bye.